welcome back to I'm Not From Here podcast about creatives designing their lives and careers in foreign countries. I'm your host and fellow expat creative, Archie. Heads up, we now have a new collaborator called ID8 Labs who make UI UX design be more accessible. Check out their blog for articles on learnings from the episodes written by your one and only. As usual, following this episode, I will be hosting a chat on the same theme. Follow along on social media, Instagram specifically, to stay updated on these upcoming chats, episodes, and all the other fun stuff that happens around this podcast. For show notes, head on over to our website. Links to both my socials and website are in the episode description. For this month's episode, I spoke with friends from college, May June and Estefi, about the kinds of sacrifices a creative expat has to make to make it in a country that is not their own. We shared stories of emotional struggles, exploring careers, living the American dream, and more. Go on, listen up. Thank you again for joining. Thank you for being a part of this and for, I don't know, just being you guys. It's always nice uh, <laughs> to bring on people, especially that I've studied with. And we didn't know a lot about each other at that point. So I'm glad we got to meet now. I'm glad we get to make connections now. <laughs> I know it is really fun because we we kind of, you know, we got separated a little bit and then we kind of met back through this platform and it's so fun just to be able to be here with you now after so many years and it's still we get to reminisce in all of our design life as foreigners and I don't know we're just excited to be here. I know it, it's crazy how, how everything works um, because you know as you said we were you know went to college together and little did we know like a few years later we would somehow stumble upon each other again and have this conversation with you which i think is a conversation that needs to be had more even like for us if we were back in college i wish we had this conversation more with people because it's something that we all kind of go through as individuals and we don't really you know shine light on it enough and it, it's yeah so so i'm really happy that we're having this conversation really truly i'm excited um and today our topic is sacrifices which cannot come at a better time and i keep saying it for all the topics because all the topics have been coming at a really great time let's get into this i really was so excited to talk about sacrifices and we were both talking about like kind of what does it mean um for us um personally i always think that sacrifices always have this like negative undertone for some reason um and i think we always think of the things we lose with sacrifices and um, and i think for some reason maybe it's just today or like where i am in my life right now is that i can see how they are also sometimes a positive thing because it lets you open you know it's kind of like a gum a gamble to like something that you think will be better um so I think 
my definition of sacrifices and the tone that I'm giving this little interview is kind of like a positive side of sacrifices in a way. Yeah, yeah at first, like the first thing that kind of came to my mind when we um, thought of the topic sacrifices are the negative connotations that you were talking about, how, uh, you know, we have to give this up, we have to like let this go, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, um, I also see that it's more beneficial to think of sacrifices as more of, of a, a positive thing that you are doing strategically for yourself, personally, career-wise, whatever that is, to create something new and better for yourself. I love that you guys are trying to take a positive note to it. In my life right now, I actually, this was my last chance of getting my H1B and I did not get it. Being in that state of mind right now, I see sacrifices in a very new light. I don't see it as a, a positive thing just yet. But I do want to mention with sacrifices comes that white light at the end of the tunnel, right? There is a, it means you're giving up something that you want. For something that you have to go through at the same time that something in the big picture might be more beneficial for you. So I think sacrifices is very immediate while the big picture is the more rewarding. Yeah. yeah well, first off, we're so sorry to hear yeah. about the news. I know like how much you like how all of the work that you've put into. I think, you know, this is kind of. The reason why we ended up at the glass, like half full definition of sacrifices to come to you with was because we talked about kind of how like the hardships of trying to continue like an F1 visa, right? And all the loops and the holes and how having this visa and having this H1B thing becomes the center of it all from the moment that we started in freshman year to know to the moment that we decided to quit our jobs and resign that if that h1b visa we still made the decision based on the fact that our visa was ending so that triggered us to make a decision so these visas really do become our centers of life i think i want to like really touch upon like the the happy side of sacrifice and kind of with that tell you guys a little bit of our story um i'm a steffi and I was born and raised in Ecuador, in Quito, Ecuador. And then I went to New York to study at Pratt, where we all met um, in 2011. And Mijun and I both met at Pratt's upstate campus um, in Utica, New York. And then we moved to Brooklyn, which Brooklyn's campus, which is where we met Archie. Um, so that's me. And now. <laughs> so I'm Mijun and I was born in China. But then I moved to Jamaica at the age of five or six. Um, so I'm, I was basically raised in Jamaica, uh, have a Jamaican passport and everything. And then in 2011, that's when I moved to um, the United States as well. That's where I met Estefi in Utica in 2011. So same story. Um, and then we moved to Brooklyn in 2013. And that's when I met Archie at a, a party, one of the parties. <laughs> Yeah. And then from there, we both moved on to, you know, with the whole F1 process, we got our OPTs and then we got the H1B lottery. We were both lucky enough to both win the H1B lottery. Um, and one of the sacrifices that we were saying was 
how we were willing to sacrifice everything in our life, even our relationship for the sakes of this visa. You know, when we were looking for these jobs, like it didn't matter if like if I didn't get the visa, then we had a plan A, plan B, plan Z, you know, like plan every single letter of the of the A, B, C in case I didn't get it or in case he didn't get it. But it was never like, oh, I'll renounce my visa because you didn't get it. Yeah. And, and to add to that, um, as we mentioned before, all of the decisions that we decide to make, that we decide to, you know, the stuff that we decide to give up on and make plans for all like surrounded this idea of getting this visa because this was the end goal of trying to get a, a job after work so that we can somehow make it in this country right legally and it's crazy to think just as we look back now how much we were willing to sacrifice just for this piece of paper to be in this country to chase this quote-unquote american dream i think the sacrificing all started from the moment we landed in this con- in the country in in United States we were talking today and we kind of made the analogy to like this process to kind of like a a video game of some sorts the moment you start the video game it's like you're you have one end goal to 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 finish the game and for us to finish the game was to kind of get that H1B visa so whatever it took whatever stood in our way we had to make the necessary like sacrifices and do the necessary things to reach there and for us it's in, during college it was try to get the most like the best grades try to make um the most out of your time there get the most scholarship to offset our parents like expenses um whatever it took to try to like really really like make the most out of it and put ourselves in the best position possible for after college to you know potentially get a company to trust you enough to spend money on you to apply for this visa. So there are so many layers to to this um, life and the process for internationals. Our lives like are so segmented in that way. They're dictated by these visas and they're dictated by hopefully the country not rejecting us and the process. Like when you just said, like it's so mind-blowing now being outside and like running our own business and being freelance and like having resigned to what I thought was my dream you know because I was like I am no longer going to live shackled to this piece of paper like how much longer how many more years of my life am I just going to be shackled to the same advertising agency because I can't leave my job it's not like you can jump jobs. Like it's like kind of like a soccer player. You're bought in by the agency, and of course, they're not going to pay you the most because you can't go anywhere, right? And that um, touches upon the the idea that even though you find a job that is willing to um, give you an opportunity to apply for this visa, you know, we we all know that you may not be able to get it in the first place. Um, this specific job, like whether you like it or not whether you like the projects you're working on, whether you like the people that you work with or not, um, you know, whether you're happy or not, it doesn't matter because that's the sacrifice that you have to make, right? To to retain this opportunity or this chance of getting this paper. And also to get the opportunity to stay home because do we all forget that this is home? It's not like I'm just leaving and I pack my two little boxes and like, we out. 
Like, it's not that we're living here like commuters and like digital nomads. We've been living in these places for years. You've established like just so much that it's not just having like, oh, like, you know, I need to get this visa. It's like, I can't leave my home, my family, my people. Literally, our lives were dangling on this little piece of paper every time we went anywhere. So the sacrifices that you do, I think it's a blanket statement. I think the positive things that come from that sacrifice is that I was able to create a whole life away from my trauma that let me become the woman I am today. And that was kind of what we wanted to touch upon with you that led us to the happy, quote unquote, um, side of sacrifice as international students and designers and going to foreign countries. It's like we deprioritize that connection to our heritage and our culture. But for me, for example, I also deprioritized my trauma and I prioritized my happiness for the first time in my life because of this visa and because of all the sacrifices that you do for this little piece of paper. Yeah, and, and for me is that when I was living in Jamaica, my parents are very traditional and they're very, um, I would say, they worry a lot, right? So I didn't get the freedom to really explore and live my life as a teenager, for example. So um, this process of starting a new life in the United States and you know going through this process of getting the visa, et cetera, it was a fresh start for me to to live a more independent life, to not have to worry about what my parents thought or to have that type of control over me, to always worry. So um, when Estefi says deprioritizing a little bit of our heritage, it's kind of like um, our background and stuff that I guess was holding us back where we were, um, whether it be opportunities or a way of life or freedom or whatever that is. Um, we were able to kind of let that aspect of our lives go a little bit to create a new and more, um, you know, freeing and independent experience in a different country. You guys touched upon so many great topics. I came from a very conservative background and the country that I was in, which was Oman, was very conservative as well. Um, it's very religious. Uh, there are a lot of things <laughs> that uh, you couldn't do as a woman. So for the first time coming to America, New York City, to be a woman and to learn about myself was my first priority. I focused 100% on that. I had 17 jobs just in Pratt no jokes, because I was trying to find what I would like. And majority of those were not internships that were paid. Wow. wow. So I did that for five years. And thankfully, my family supported it. At the end of that, I struggled. That's when every visa issue came to me. I've been an expat my entire life. And it never hit me because my parents were going through that their entire lives. When it came to my own journey, I was, I was making plans A, B, C for myself um, because I believe one is none, two is one. <laughs> so one blackout plan is as good as nothing. <laughs> yeah, 100%.
So true. And for us, there is no end goal because we can't get to have an end goal. I sacrifice having an end goal because I need to have all my options open. I can't have a single path be it for me. And I need to be making sure all my paths are going simultaneously. They're growing, not just me. So, so it's, it's not just one thing. It's 10 things. It's not, I'm not sacrificing on things. I'm sacrificing on feelings. I'm sacrificing on individuality and so much more because of a piece of paper. What are some of these sacrifices? Both, they can be emotional. They can be physical. They can be multiple other things, things that you have gone through, like sacrifices you have made to get to where you guys are right now. There's a couple of things that I think I've sacrificed. Of course, everything my, you know, my parents sacrificed to put me, it was like the biggest sacrifice, you know, coming from Ecuador. Um, the fact that we don't have student loans is something that we feel so, 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 so privileged about um and that gave us the ability to be here where we are now so i think that's the biggest sacrifice i think my personal biggest sacrifice i would say there are two that i can really like pinpoint and almost like cry about and it would be when i graduated from frat i promised my mentor he was my senior thesis professor and he was like steffi you have to promise me you will not get into advertising because they will eat your soul He's like, you're a graphic designer. Please, please, please don't end up in advertising, doing banner ads, please. He's like, you have to promise me. And then he passed the summer after, like a year after I graduated. And I was in advertising and I had to give up my dream of being an editorial designer and, you know, learning web design and doing all these things at first because I needed to have this visa and I needed the only visas for graphic designers are in advertising and they happen to be in these companies that are not necessarily what you think it is i was lucky enough that the company that i ended up working at had an amazing amazing and amazing like you know um company um team and, and and i got to grow so much and i got to learn so much and i i was um cocooned in a way by like developers and like i got to learn so much from social media all the way to like web design to you know make me a web designer now and love everything i do but it wasn't without that sacrifice of a first saying i freaking hate this like can i sell cars one more time because i had to work on one brand for four years right how many times can you share the same car over and over again so it's it, it is a little bit of like soul crushing right but i also did get to go with the same sacrifice, with that sacrifice, I got to go and work for two weeks in Beijing, all expenses paid, right? And kick off a team there and have that experience. But it didn't come out of that sacrifice of not being, for example, um, there for my sister when she was growing up or not seeing or having no relationship with my nieces and nephews because I left home and I never really wanted to come back because, again, I was running away from all my trauma, right? So there was no really a reason for me to be here at home. So my home was always New York. I, I got to New York. I was 17 years old. And New York was, that, that's my home. Even now, I still say that. The people that I call family I met them there, right? Like, even though we may not be in New York anymore, but New York will always be our home base. So, yeah, 
So I, I also have a lot of thoughts um, as I'm listening to you speak as well. Um, so I'll try to gather as much of that as possible. But for me, um, in terms of sacrifice, the thing that comes to my mind is more of like that emotional thing, right? Where you have to um, give up on your bigger dreams, give up on your bigger passions, give up on your bigger drives in exchange for security. Maybe you're working at a company and you are not happy there and you see yourself working at a different company because, you know, they're working on clients that you believe in more of and that aligns with more of your values, but that doesn't matter because how am I going to work there? Because <laughs> am I willing to put myself through the ringer again to go through a lottery system again to try to you know get bought out by a new company right so that's one of the um, one of the first things that comes to my mind when I think of sacrifices is that I lose that space to dream to to want to get better or to grow as a creative as an individual because I have that security of the paper or you know the company i always thought about life as in like three-year gaps like or whatever that visa timeline said that was my timeline so what that visa life gave me in terms of that sacrifice is that i never really had to just like wander through life like other friends did you can't even do like freelance gigs because it's illegal right like you can do them under the table of course but it's it's not like allowed it's or encouraged for you to have your job and then find a second passion. To add to that, um, you know, the whole notion of not being able to try other things and freelance or, you know, chase other passion projects is that we are constantly uh, on the edge in terms of proving ourselves. Like we have to prove ourselves to be indispensable so that um, you know, we're not taking another American's job that, you know, we're worth it. So it's always this constant pressure of showing up like more and more and more in sacrifice of our, our, of our personal well-being and mental health to make sure that, okay, we are, we're doing the most we can to, to make sure that we, we retain this visa. So that emotional like pressure to always show up that way for other people and not for ourselves, right? You know what I just thought? It's a terrible thing, but I was like, the government's totally gaslighting us. <laughs> oh, my God. oh my God, 100%. Like, 100%. Like, listen, this is what le le leads me to, like, my second freaking sacrifice because I was like, there's no way I'm going to let America, like, the United States of America, tell me I'm not worth it anymore. Like, this is, this, this, like, enough with the bullying, man. I, I was thinking about this. I I'm sorry. I don't want to cut in especially when you guys are on beautiful rants. Um, <laughs> the problem is we are looking at the Western world as this is it. This is the life we need to lead. This is the goal we need to achieve because that's what's shown to us our entire life. You're seeing it in movies. You're seeing it in TV. No one's really talking about our immigrant sacrifices, our uh, other issues other issues in general other lives in general i'm not saying that this is my goal i'm just saying this has become an easy way of life because i'm familiar with it 
yes it's so relatable quote unquote but it's like so unrelatable you know like it, it feels like this is the most familiar thing in the world and i'm gonna come to this nice home but it's a struggle it's like consistently i've always felt that way that america has become familiar the western culture has become familiar uh, because that's what I've seen growing up in TV, movies. What are we actually sacrificing for? We, we came here thinking this would be a great home for us. This would be a familiar home for us. And we're trying to create this home. Yeah, that resonates with me a lot because it's, it's true. As, like Growing up, we always thought that the American dream you have to be in America to to ascertain all your goals, to, to achieve this thing. But as we lived through it, um, you know, we've been in America for eight, almost like eight plus years. Um, we, were. we were. Yeah, we were. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like living back in America. Um, it taught us that the American dream is just this concept, this idea. And it's not, it doesn't mean that we have to geographically be in America to chase it, right? So, but we didn't know that, like, growing up and when we got there for college, right? We, we had to live through all the struggles um, to, to really understand that concept. Like, hey, you know, you can go to Ecuador, which we're, is where we're at right now, to chase this American dream. You can go to, I don't know, Amsterdam. You can go to a different country to have um to chase this thing for a better life whatever whatever it is for you personally um chasing after this thing we did have to let go of a lot of our our past you know like i wasn't able to have a close relationship with my large family members in china in hong kong i was only able to you know you know, I have my parents and that's kind of it because we all moved to Jamaica and made a sacrifice to move there. Um, you know, as I was in the States, I had to like, you know, learn this new culture and get assimilated to this new environment of new people and new lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera. And with that, there was a lot of um, missed opportunities to go back and visit my family as much as I, as I wanted to. I wasn't able to i was scared shitless to leave the states if i'm being blunt to leave the states because i thought that i would not be able to come back i would always have an a panic attack when i'm coming back from somewhere whether i go to jamaica for the summer and then i come back to the states i would always be so scared that i would get detained for some reason because they're like oh you don't have the right paperwork or you know your company didn't sign this or you know like are you do you really like have this job so there's always this like constant like i have to prove myself thing right and i'm sure that's for you as well but not to that extent but i would always be so scared to travel so i would give up that i would do anything to not try to leave the states like whether to see my family or to s spend time with them to celebrate their birthdays or you know my grand my i did not get to see any of my grandparents before they passed and that that was tough um tough on so many levels and it's because i was not able to be close with them because of the sacrifice that i had to make to go to the states to, to find a new life i actually went through what you talked about 
um i my dad passed away second year of college second year of prat actually and i decided i'm just going to defer school for an entire semester i went home for the funeral thankfully i was able to attend that and after all of the uh, rituals had finished up i sat down and spoke to my mom about my decision and we decided to come back to school it was all done just so I don't have to go through the process of applying for a new American visa to come back and finish my education. Because the effort it took in the first place, you have to show proof that you're getting income constantly. And my dad was the sole breadwinner in the family, and that would have caused a lot of hiccup from my end to even apply and get the visa again. So it was a constant battle after that for me, emotionally, physically. But that was something we all chose. We didn't have the opportunity, the time to grieve because we were surviving. 100%. Wow. That that hit home for me, yeah. No, that, that, that's absolutely true. Um, I don't think even up till today, really took time to reminisce about those specific instances where we did have to make decisions like that because of the situation we were in, right? Um, and that is something that I feel every single one of us as internationals trying to you know, make it in America like go through on a, on a constant basis. I think also there's this like also notion of, you know, you better, you better make this, you know, like whatever it is that you do, you better make it. Right. So that was what leads me to like that. The biggest, I think, sacrifice that renouncing my visa for me and like quitting our jobs and like completely saying, you know what? This is it was one of the biggest sacrifices that I've made so far because to me I left everything right like asking myself did I give up too soon or did I actually take a gamble on my future and is this the mo the best decision I've made and the biggest sacrifice to me because now looking back this was the best decision I could have ever made because just like you said I don't have to be in the States in order to make all my dreams happen. Putting all like the, the, the ducks in a row after making all these sacrifices and seeing all of these things that you've done and now being here, it's like I didn't fail. I didn't sacrifice all of my life because the people that I love are still here. New York's still here. Like it's all still here what I want it to be. I believe this topic is never ending and everyone goes through this in some way or the other. And I can't say just expatriates or whoever, right? I, I'm going to call it the entire world goes through this in some way or the other. We're just highlighting how we've been through it, how it's affected our own lives and work and work careers and everything. And 
I want to get to our curious questions. That's what I'm calling it. It's, it's for the curious people who are practical. So the first question is, who do you guys identify as? Um, immigrant, expat, non-resident, alien, nomad, global citizen. I, I think like for me, I, it's a little bit of a mix between the, the expat and the immigrant. Because um, for me, you know, from China to Jamaica to the States, now in Ecuador, I feel like I'm this, um, I'm always just like immigrating to different like um, countries for a new life. Um, so I think that's what I, I, I identify as, um, like a little bit of the mix between the immigrant and the, um, the expat. Well, I thought you would say global citizen. Um, I think I would identify as a nomad just because I think I have a very nomadic sense of living. Mm -hmm. I'm always, you know, trying to think of new things and other paths and other, you know, I'm always m moving, whatever that means. It may be moving in stillness, but I'm very nomadic. That's beautiful. Moving in stillness. I love that. I'm also very poetic. See, I told you I was going to win the oh. first question. <laughs> Can I change my answer? <laughs> All right. Next question, y'all. Um, where are you currently located? Where's home for you guys? We're currently located in Quito, Ecuador. And home for me it isn't a geographical thing. Home for me is where I'm most happy and content. And that's with Estefi and our dog Guillermo. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, I, that's where I find home to be. Yeah, and I know we're really cheesy. My answer is going to be just like that. Um, Quito, Ecuador is where we are, but home, we've come to realize this just um, where your Wi-Fi connects and also where... <laughs> I get to be with Majun and Guillermo because if Majun's not with me, I'm panicked. I'm like, oh my God, did he get kidnapped? And if I'm not with him, I'm like, oh my God, when am I going to see him? And we're working on this codependent relationship and therapy, but <laughs> but home is definitely where the three of us are and where Guillermo is begging to be in our laps. Okay. All right. Last question. It's very short. I told you. Um, what visa type are you on and how did you get there? What visa status are you working toward? interesting um for me currently i'm a resident of um quito of, of, of ecuador mm -hmm. so i'm no longer chasing after any visa statuses for once um so i'm kind of really um content with that so uh i'm a resident of ecuador but i'm a citizen of jamaica and i was a chinese native <laughs> so great answer right <laughs> yeah and then for me yeah we're not chasing any visas the only visas that i'll be chasing are travel visas and they won't be for the united states in any time soon um and that's it last but not least shameless plug what's going on in your life where are you guys doing what's happening what do you want to promote anything you are doing that you want to put out there in the world for everyone to listen please go forth this is your time to shine Thank you. Um, yeah, I can't wait to tell you guys about this. We're launching our podcast actually um, in 
the first week of May. Um, by the time you guys listen to this, it'll already be live. But um, please go listen to our podcast. Go follow us on Take Three Studio on our Instagram, where our podcast is Take Three Talks, and it's going to be me going on off tangent conversation, asking questions, making people uncomfortable, challenging them. And that's our shameless plug. That's our baby at the time. We left the States to start a new creative life in Ecuador. <laughs> so we were able to start our freelance creative studio on July 2019, a month after we got to Ecuador. Um, and um, we've been able to sustain a really pretty good living with our freelance business. Um, so it's called Take Three Studio and we work on branding. Um, we do consultations, creative consultations, and we do web design. And last but not least, we also have Take Three Uni, which is a, a second um, part of Take Three Studios business where it's more of the creative education. So we do mentorships, like one-on-one -on -one sessions with uh, other creatives or small business owners who are looking for a little bit of guidance. And, you know, I think that's, that's what we got. Um, and as Steffi said, you can follow us on um, Take Three Studio um, on Instagram. And you can check out our website, takethreestudio.com. And our podcast is coming out. Take three talks. Yeah. And then Guillermo has an Instagram as well. And his Instagram is the best. So I will definitely plug it. It's hello, it's Guillermo. And he's a Korean meat farm rescue dog. And he's very sassy. Those are the end of the plug. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to that episode if you loved or resonated with any piece of that go ahead and subscribe or follow on this podcast platform want to share your own experiences join the conversation on an upcoming chat centered on the same theme for details of this chat the whens the wheres the whys the hows the blah blah blahs follow along on instagram feel free to drop any comments questions ideas or violent reactions there as well you can find the episode show notes on my website. Links to everything, my socials and website are all in the episode description. While you're doing all that stuff, go ahead and show our speakers some love on their socials, reach out to them through their website, and also listen to their podcast. Be nice. On that note, have a wonderful month. Stay safe. Don't die. Bye-bye.